turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard of the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. When you sin grievously in the sight of the Lord, top, all the way to the top. When you sin grievously in the sight of God, all the way. Now, John 14. Right here, you need to take that. When you sin grievously before God, one of the things that you will suffer from is paranoia. Sin, as one prophet said, makes you stupid, makes you do stupid things. And I will add to that prophet, sin will make you paranoid. For Herod had laid For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. Living in sin will make you paranoid and make you think things that are not true. For he said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist, the man I had killed, the man I had beheaded, a prophet of God. He is risen from the dead, and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him. No doubt he was thinking a lot about John the Baptist, I doubt very seriously if he believed in the resurrection of the dead himself. So for him to to go that far, that quickly, let you know that sin will make you paranoid. I am preaching in your hearing once again the life and death of the greatest man who ever lived, according to Jesus Christ himself, John the Baptist. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have have her. The thing about a prophet When it comes down to sin, it doesn't matter who it is. 
It doesn't matter who you think you are. The prophet is going to zero in on your sin. He doesn't hate you. But because God hates your sin, uh, and the prophet is sent by God, he's going to focus on the problem. And the solution is what? John came preaching repentance. That, that's the solution. As I have told you down through the years, God is very interested in your repentance. For real. Especially those who claim to be Christians and followers of Christ. Make no mistake about it. God, Jesus Christ, and John the Baptist sent by God to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ are very interested in your repentance. Whether you are religious, a Pharisee, Sadducee, in the church makes no difference. <clears throat> and John the Baptist is the one who preached about fruits, meat for repentance. There ought to be some fruits that come from your repentance. There ought to be a changed heart, a changed mind, a changed spirit, and a changed life. And you've heard me say down through the years, we in the church, particularly, are great confessors of our sins, but we're not great repenters of our sins. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. Some of you would say, and some of the folks back then no doubt said, John the Baptist, that's none of your business. But see, it is God's business, and John the Baptist was sent on an errand for God to take care of his business. See? This is why prophets are not liked. They're not coddled, they're, they're not loved like priests and pastors because they are here to fix the problem. And people don't want to be fixed, they want to be comfortable in their sin even, in their ungodliness, in their wickedness. Have you noticed we haven't heard much about John the Baptist's family? Except for at his birth, friends, I don't think he had any friends out there in the wilderness. It is not lawful for thee to have her. The prophet will deal with your bedroom activity. Because he can see into your bedroom because he's the prophet of God. And that has, to, that has to cease if you want to be blessed of the Lord. People don't like you messing with their bedroom. But if it is an open sin before God, it's going to be dealt with by the prophet. 
or any preacher who preaches the word of God. And if you don't have, and if you're not popular, and people don't like you, and people ostracize you, persecute you, so be it. That's on them. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. Do you know that the multitude can count you as a prophet and know you to be a prophet and still not like you? And still uh, not be popular among the people? But they respect your office. The, the common people do. Because of what you have said and what you have done. They see you as the mouthpiece of God. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. <coughs> Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. Apparently, Herodias' daughter was not his daughter. As a father, I doubt if he would have allowed her to dance that way. That would turn him on. And, and sad to say, there are wicked, evil women like Herodias who will use their own children, yea, even their own daughters, to tantalize men to get what they want. Because you must understand John the Baptist was, was a poor prophet out in the wilderness. Herod and Herodias, no matter what kind of wickedness they were doing, they thought they were, you know, very powerful and very important. How dare this man of God address our evil that we are doing? Who does, he, who does he think he is? And oftentimes, there is a Jezebel. God was against her in the Old Testament, and Jesus Christ was against her in the New Testament. The demonic, prideful, rebellious, prophet-hating spirit of Jezebel is in the world today. And they will lay it on their little king or little pastor or little president or whoever to get what they want. Whereupon he was so taken by the young woman 
whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she being before, she being before instructed of her mother, the woman with the Jezebel spirit, It's amazing how an older woman can influence a younger woman to be wicked and evil. There are older women who use that power to turn women, younger women out uh, to be whores and prostitutes to get what they want. They teach them how to hook a man by giving him a little bit but not a lot. They teach them wicked ways, especially those who have a Jezebel spirit, to be whores and sluts like they have been down through the years, doing secretive, nasty, wicked things, even murder of a good man to get money, to get an insurance payout. And they will always oppose the prophet of God. You mark that down. If a woman has, including pastor's wives and so-called prophetesses, supposed to be saved, supposed to be Christian, supposed to be loving God and all of that will shout down the aisles and dance and still have in their heart the killing and the destruction of the prophet man of God because he preaches against their sin and their evil. I know about this. I have family members like this who are trying to quiet me and stop me from preaching. They hate me for my preaching. They try to shut down the pipes uh, where the message of the gospel and the word of God is getting out using and trying to use my own children. I know about this. Every prophet of God who strives to live godly and preach godly uh, will suffer persecution. Second Timothy chapter 3. They want this, this Herodias, this Jezebel wanted him stopped. He wanted, she wanted his preaching stopped. Herodias would, uh, would have never done it. I mean, uh, Herod would have never done it if it had not been for the Jezebel Herodias using her child to rock his world.
whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And I told you last week, there are some women so fine and so seductive, so sexy, they have that thing and they can shake that booty and drive a man crazy. They can dance in such a way that will make a man lose his mind, particularly if he doesn't have any scruples or integrity in the first place. Herodias, the Jezebel witch, she knew she can get him all hot and bothered by using her daughter. She may not have been as fine as she used to be. In most cases, if you have a fine mother, you got a fine daughter. And she may not have it at this point, like, like she used to have it. And she couldn't make those moves and those dance moves like she used to could, as we would say in the hood. But he, she knew that she had trained her daughter to be a, a seductress like she is. And she taught her well, and with that younger body, it, it drove Herod crazy. The gyrations of her dance moves drove him out of his mind. Whereas before, he was not thinking about killing, murdering the great prophet John the Baptist. Some believe to be the last prophet proper and the greatest man according to Jesus Christ who ever lived, whoever was born. The forerunner of Jesus Christ. Now, if, if they're going to kill the forerunner of Jesus Christ, now, buddy, uh, we're in trouble, those of us who are prophets today. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask, and she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in a charger. I assure you, Herodias had already done some pillow talk with Herod, and, and Herod held on and said, No, I can't do that. I can't do that. I will be run off the throne for the people they see him as a man of God woman they see him as a prophet woman have you lost your mind a pillar talk wasn't working the wham bam action that she used to do to him and rock his world in the bed was not working So she hatched this demonic plan on his birthday. No doubt he had a little wine. And then she put evilly his daughter, her daughter on him. 
And the king was sorry. See, she tricked him. She bamboozled him. And now he's about to run amok. And the king was sorry. He was sad sitting there at his own party. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake. You know how some people are, some men are. They got they, they said it out loud, now they gotta come they gotta come with it. And then which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. My my my. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. Did it immediately. Because of the Jezebel devilish woman beside him. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison, and his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel. That is, the beautiful young woman, and she brought it to her mother. There are Jezebels in the church, outside of the church, in the family, who will use their children or their grandchildren to behead the prophet even if it's a family member even if it's a church member they've been trying to behead me for the past two or three years and yes uh, pastors wives pastors grandmothers on both sides of the family aunts devilish Herodias Jezebel aunts of my children to this day are trying to use them to stop me from preaching. I know about this. I feel this. But God has prevented it from happening, happening so far. And uh, verse 10, And he sent and beheaded John in the prison, and his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it, and went and told Jesus. Shall we pray? Let me hear this. Pull that out. Is it going to hold on? Is it going to stop it? It would. Sound good? Real out again. Holy Father God in heaven. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Holy Father God, 
I praise you and I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, and your protection. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions, the many, and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon me, and thus my family, and all other Bible-believing, obedient Christians, and the general blessings you bestowed upon everybody. And Holy Father God, on this beautiful Sunday after Easter, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would continue to have mercy and grace upon us all who are born again and who are saved. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of all of our sins as we from our hearts. By your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our wicked flesh within us. For even those of us who are saved, Lord, have to battle against sin and evil in us and without us. And we pray that you will crush our flesh and the old man within us and fill us. Uh, Lord, today with the fullness and the power of your Holy Spirit, Uh, the unction and anointing, the freedom and the liberty of your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, and our temperaments that we will not sin against you. And for those of us who are saved by your grace, Lord, deliver us in my family and in this audience and beyond. Deliver us, Lord, from temptation, evil, and sin. And grant us, Lord, your grace and your strength and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right, and to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would uh, help us who are saved by your grace to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent of our wicked sins and get back to you our first love and holy father god i pray in the name of the lord jesus christ that lord i 
I pray for the salvation of my own wife, Marika White, have your Holy Ghost to work mightily in her heart and life. Help her to humble herself down and to repent of her pride and to truly believe in you, to denounce what did not happen. Uh, she is, re like so many people in her family, my family, and in the world, religious but lost. And therefore, just as wicked as lost people are, and Lord, I do pray for the salvation of her family, my family, everybody in this audience and uh, their family members and in this country and around the globe. I do pray that your Holy Ghost today would not give them rest ever until they repent of their sin, until they get saved and with your help repent of their sins. Open their blinded eyes and unstop their deaf ears and thwart their wicked plans uh, to hinder me from preaching the gospel. And Lord God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would indeed Uh, cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Uh, Lord, in my wife's life and the lives of other family members, uh, Lord, and all of my family members, and I pray that all of my children would uh, uh, examine themselves and make sure that they're in the faith and uh, that they're not uh, that they will not allow their grandmothers or their aunts or their uh, church members to uh, turn them away from you to be woke evil wicked disobedient and rebellious and Judas's who try to hinder the gospel. Uh, and so, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of the lost, for the revival of the saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of the grieving and the mourning. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would reveal the truth about the uh, persecution attacks. Uh, continue to do that. And Lord, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, comfort those who are grieving and mourning in this country and around the globe from the coronavirus plague and other plagues still. And Holy Father God, uh, I pray and I thank you for giving me the ability to take pleasure even in my infirmities, persecutions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, and tests and tensions, as well as 
to be cheerful about it as well as to have your grace and your strength to go through it uh, and to glory in it. At the same time, Holy Father God, I pray that you will deliver me and those who are saved in my family and in this country, in this audience, and in this world, deliver us from uh, all of our distresses and afflictions as you see fit. Our cares and worries and anxieties fill us with your peace that passeth all understanding, your joy unspeakable, your contentment unbelievable. And Holy Father, God continue to do that. Also deliver us from all of our tribulations and troubles and trials and persecutions and tests and tensions. And Lord, deliver us also from spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, uh, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, troubles and difficulties that we're facing. At the same time, Holy Father God, I thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are. Thank you, Lord, for remembering mercy, love, and grace while chastising us, rebuking us, and uh, dealing with the lost world to help them to see their need to come to you. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray that you will bless and protect, Lord, uh, my family today and all other families connected to the people in this audience. Uh, Christians in this country and around the globe and I pray for the salvation of lost people. Protect us Holy Father God from ourselves, our flesh and the devil and the demons of hell and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church and evil people in the world. Place Lord upon us today the whole arm of God. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ and make us to be whiter than snow on the inside. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, have everything that we do and say today be in front of people and behind the scenes to be for your glory, your praise and honor for the lifting up of your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is in his name I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to notice with me further Herod's act. as we continue from last week. Herod's act was another illustration of the rejection of Jesus Christ. For Matthew so connected the ministries of these two men that what happened to one was viewed as having a direct effect on the other. And as you know, that's oftentimes how government operates when they are aiming for you. But I believe 
that Herod was paranoid because of the evil act he did. He was already fearful of John the Baptist because God will strike fear in a politician when a true prophet speaks. It's not the prophet who does that, it is God who does that. If the prophet is obedient to God, God will have the people that he's aiming at to hear him and to pay attention to him and fear what he is saying to them even if he is a poor prophet crying in the wilderness and not dressed up with palace clothes. By rejecting the king's forerunner was rejecting the king who followed him. First, look at the power of Jesus. And Dr. Matthew Henry said, here is the account brought to Herod of the miracles which Christ wrought. Herod, the Tetrarch, or chief governor of Galilee, heard of the fame of Jesus. At that time, when his countrymen slighted him upon the account of his meanness and obscurity, he began to be famous at court and among others. Note, God will honor those that are despised for his sake every time. You may not be famous. Most prophets are not famous. Many go to jail for no reason. Many are tried in court for no reason. Trumped up charges. There are people trying to do that to me now. They don't know I know. But I'm well aware that there are some trying to bring up some trumped up charges, false accusations that they know are not true to discredit me in an attempt to discredit me. But I hope that they will learn from this passage that you may kill the prophet, but you will not kill the words of the prophet. as we talked about on last week. You may jail the prophet, but you will not stop the prophet and his words from going forth. They will reign in your mind and in your heart and in your ears for years to come, every time you try to go to sleep, every time you eat, every time uh, you go on your walk, God will make sure you think about the prophet and what he said. 
and you will become paranoid, just like Herod, and just like his wicked wife, Jezebel, Herodias. And uh, the gospel, like the sea, gets in one place what it loses in another. Always. And by the way, in a practical sense, those of you who know about witnessing and soul winning and uh, telling people about God and telling people about Christ, you can go and witness in one area. This is something all of you pastors need to know. And if you have and if you have witnessed in your community as you should, that is going out knocking on doors and and uh, witnessing the people in a certain area. And, and you say, well, you know, we don't do that today anymore. Well, you go knocking on doors for politicians. Why not knock on doors for Jesus? I don't want to hear that. You you have done it. I mean, uh, you, you've knocked on doors for politicians. You went door to door passing out politicians' uh, little packages. Uh, you may not want to knock on anybody's door. That's fine today. But you can deliver a package, uh, a gospel tract. But have you noticed, those of you who are saved and you have tried to witness in a certain community, and you witness to people, and you've given out hundreds, thousands of tracts in one area, and you may not get anybody to come to the church or to come to Christ in that area. But what happens is God blesses your faithfulness, and He'll draw people from another area to Him and to your church. I've seen this happen over and over again. And could it be that that's God's way of reminding you that it's not really you and your efforts, as we sweet Americans like to think and brag about. It's all about God blessing your faithfulness to Him and obedience to Him. That God is the one who draws the people to himself and to his church. Anyway, that's just a practical little uh, side thing that God wanted me to tell you. You be faithful to God. You witness for Christ. You pray for a certain area. You witness in a certain area and you be faithful to it. You may not draw any water over there, but God will send water from someplace else. He always does this. He's always, because it's all about your faithfulness and obedience to Him that He blesses. It's not about your strategy or your methods. And God will remind you that it is His church, not yours. And He's the one that will uh, draw people to Himself and to the church. Don't you ever forget it. Anyway, Christ had now been preaching and working miracles 
above two years at this point. Yet it should seem Herod had not heard of him till now, and now only heard the fame of him. Uh, Christ's disciples were now sent abroad to preach and to work miracles in his name. And this spread the fame of him more than ever, which was an indication of the spreading of the gospel by their means after his ascension. He said to his servants that told him of the fame of Jesus, and by the way, this is still going on to this day, not as much as it should be, because much of the church is a Judas church and a wicked Laodicean church, and I believe the worst Laodicean church in the history of the church. I oftentimes say the world, that's not quite accurate because the church started at a point in time in history. And, uh, but God has always had his people. So that's one of the, uh, but since it started, that's why I say the, since in the history of the world, we're the worst. We are the worst. I don't care if the sweet little evangelical popes like it or not. We're the worst Laodicean church ever. And I would add, Judas Church. I'm telling you that to your faces. Some of you don't understand that. Some of you don't know. You think that by you're just going to have a little sweet service and everything, you think you're doing something. Uh, but you're woke. A woke church is a Judas Church. Big time. A woke pastor is a Judas pastor. And a Laodicean pastor in a Laodicean church. You think in your mind that church is supposed to be fun and games and laughter. Nope. Nope. First and foremost is about confessing sin and repenting of sin. First and foremost it is about obeying Jesus Christ who said, If you love me, keep my commandments. If that's not happening, there's no real blessings coming down upon your church that allows homosexuals and homosexual couples to join the church and you do not realize that you're planting seeds of destruction to your local church because they will take over. They may seem sweet and nice but they're going to take over and they're going and they're going to demand a homosexual pastor they're going to demand uh, homosexual, homosexual ministers and the drag queens behind the scenes that you don't see right now in your pews are going to come to church dressed up as a monstrous drag queen and they're going to demand since they're members that uh, they want to teach the children and read the Bible to the children. The devil is a lie. I know you hate for me to say it but I'm going to continue to say it. You have been had, you have been took, 
you have been bamboozled and now you're running amok thinking that you can allow that in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ who died for all of our sins and these abominations and think you're going to be right with God. Now you're a compromiser. You're anti-John the Baptist. You're anti-Christ. And you tell anybody who you want to, anybody you want to, I said it. He said to his servants that told him of the fame of Jesus, as sure as we are here, this is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. Either the leaven of Herod was not Sadducism, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection or else Herod's guilty conscience that I talked with you about the just a few minutes ago made him paranoid. And this will happen as sure as I'm black. You mess with the man of God, you threaten the man of God, you constantly try to work and use your little brother or your little sister to try to hinder the ministry and the preaching, trying to uh, you allowing your aunt and grandmother uh, to influence you to try to hinder the ministry, you will be paranoid and you will not be a happy camper. No matter where, where you travel, no matter what you can buy, you will be a miserable, paranoid person because God will make it so. Don't get mad at John the Baptist. Don't get mad at the prophet thinking that he's doing this to you. You touch God's anointed, God's going to touch you. And whereas you used to have peace and joy in your life, it will be taken away. And that's just the beginning of your chastisements and your rebuke and your punishment. That's just the beginning. I'm here to tell you whatever you think you have by compromising and being a Judas to God, Jesus, and to the prophet, you will lose it all. You will lose it all. And you will not, and your friends are not going to take you in. There are many tools my friends, that God can use to get to you. Do not underestimate. Falling into the hands of God Almighty and what he can do to you and he will remember right now he's showing you mercy he's showing you grace hoping that you'll come to your senses 
and that you will repent because as I told you, God is all about the repentance. He'll help you to repent and he'll bless you for repenting and turning away from your devilish uh, friends, your devilish family members, your woke family members, your woke friends who hate God and hate Jesus. having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. And this is not only happening with me, it's happening to some faithful pastors who refuse to disobey the word of God for you. And I would rather for you to take it out on me in, 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 instead of them. They're, more, they're far more tender-hearted than I am. Focus it on me. Leave them alone. These dear pastors who are faithfully preaching God's word. Leave them alone. Don't get mad at them. Get mad at me. I can take it. I'm wired to do this, man. I was born to do this. The more I live on this earth, the more I believe in what the Bible teaches, that God can call somebody from the womb, like Jeremiah. And the more I live, the older I get, the more I am convinced that God has called people from the womb. And that's a fact. And the most, and, and uh, the person who least deserves this privilege is me. But as Paul said, I might have been born out of due time, but I am what I am by the grace of God. And I magnify my office. Touch not thine, touch not God's anointed, and do my prophets no harm. That's the warning from God Almighty. So I would encourage you and tell you to sit down somewhere Stop following devilish family members. Stop following devilish church members and devilish pastors' wives. Herodias is in the church. Jezebel is in the church with little Ahab husbands and Herod husbands who are weak. And as I said last week, I'm going to say it again for emphasis. They're pussy whipped. They're controlled by what's between the legs of a woman. And then they regret it for the rest of their lives. And, and none of them are ever going to come at me directly. They're not going to do that. I know you want them to, Herodias and Jezebel. You want your pastor, your little sweet pastor to come in. He's not going to do that. He's just like Herod was before his wife tricked him. See, I'm not going to mess with this man of God. This man is a proven prophet. Everything he has said has come to pass. God has not allowed his words to fall to the ground at all. Now, I'm a, I'm a sweet and kind man, but I'm not stupid. Herodias. Jezebel. <laughs> He's not going to do that. Now, one, not one pastor has said anything to me. They dare not. 
There's one pastor I do know who's behind some of this evil and persecution that I'm receiving. And I'll call his name, Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley is in, is in cahoots with his friends in the Dallas area, the other woke pastors and pastor's wife, trying to influence my children. And there's, a, there's another one, too, in Chicago, near Chicago. I'm holding off on calling his name because I, I, I'm trying to save him from the claws of Andy Stanley, the false prophet and devil incarnate, who I believe is an antichrist. And you can tell him I said it, and he's probably, no doubt he's listening. I have no doubt about that. And I and I'm 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 calling on Ed Stessa to just because the Democrats had a great midterm, don't join with them now. Don't join with Andy uh, Stanley. You get back to your position of being a godly Baptist preacher, a godly Baptist uh, church planter. Ed Stetzer, Russell Moore. Uh, yeah, don't, don't go with Andy just because the Democrats uh, had a good midterm. They uh, they didn't win that because of you. They didn't have a good. Um, Midterm because of you they they had a good term, I mean a good midterm, because the woke nation, woke people, handed the butts of the evangelicals, conservative evangelicals, and conservative people to them, and I will say something that they don't want to say. They want to still buy into lies. The woke crowd has won. Yes, that includes the woke church who aided them and who betrayed God and betrayed Christ because wokeism is deceptionism which will lead into greater deception as we uh, go closer to uh, Jesus Christ coming back. To the point that even the elect, it's possible that even the elect would be deceived, saved would be deceived. They won. They defeated the sweet evangelicals, the sweet Baptists, the sweet Methodists, the sweet Charismatics, who once believed the Bible but did not stand up for the Bible 
they received secretly and sometimes unknowingly the 30 pieces of silver. Oh, that's why she gave an offering of a million dollars to my church. Oh, that's why he gave two million dollars uh, to build the school. Because they want me to shut my mouth against the abominations that they want to see come to pass. But you were deceived. You've been had. You've been took. You have been tricked. You have been bamboozled. And now you have run amok. Because now, Pastor, you can't say a thing against the evil that they are for. Are for. Or else Herod's guilty conscience, as is usual with atheists. Because see, God's going to use whatever tools he needs to use. And he's got tools built in you to deal with you, to mess with you. Did at this time get the mastery of his opinion, and now he concludes whether there be a general resurrection or no. Theology matters. And did you hear how Herod said it? He said it with great ease and with great quickness. It must be John the Baptist who uh, has been resurrected. How did he get there that quickly? Not even being a believer. Because he was paranoid. He was so fearful of John the Baptist that he thought he would come back from the dead to get him. That John the Baptist is certainly risen and therefore mighty works do show forth themselves in him, this man named Jesus Christ. John the Baptist said himself, he must increase, but I must decrease. And by the way, pastor, servants of the Lord, I don't care who you think you are, but son, you must decrease and Christ must increase. And Christ rules over you. And so you need to do what he tells you. Don't be a Judas. Don't be a Judas. I'm going to say it three times. <clears throat> Don't be a Judas. I say to my family members, every last one of you, all of my children, as you know, I have warned you for years, as you know that your mother is a Judas. She has a Judas spirit, and she has been my main Judas for 35 years. I have dealt with Judas, and you know that. You saw how she tried to hinder every service. Out of all of you children, my son Daniel White the uh, Fourth has that had that spirit in him the second most in our family. And uh, I rebuked him about it. And I have one and all of you have different degrees of it in you. It's a demonic spirit that has been passed down as a generational curse 
your grandmother and your aunts have shown how much of a Judas they are and how they have the Judas spirit. The aunt that my wife stayed with for years, uh, she was known by my assistant pastor, one of the nicest, kindest, evangelical type men you'll ever want to meet. Very, very loving and will give you the benefit of the doubt. And if Sammy Madison called you Lady Macbeth, buddy, that's what you are. That's what you are. That's a fact. Pardon me. I did not. Ha- I did not deal with her. I knew she was a devil in the church, but faithful, just like my wife, faithful to the church, willing to work in the church, but full of hell and the devil, pride, stubbornness, and rebelliousness. I know you've never heard preaching like this before, but we, uh, the end of the world is upon us. We might as well tell the truth now. Might as well tell the truth now, evangelicals. And, and I have no, I have no uh, compunction. Uh, I have no problem preaching like this, even about my own family. You know why? Because it's going on worse in your family. You've been hiding it from for years. Have you noticed that many pastors don't say too much about their wicked families? I'm talking about popular pastors, man. They don't say much about their family. We don't know anything about the evil that's going on in their family until it comes out into the paper, into the funny pages. You understand me? It's it's, it's, it's time out for all of that foolishness and lies and dishonesty and deceit. Okay, it's time out for that now. It's, it's It's too late for that. We already know about you. Anyway. You're on YouTube, you're on publications around the nation about your hypocrisy. You might as well start telling the truth on yourself and on your family. And then maybe some healing might take place. Some confessions of sin might take place. Some repentance might take place. And maybe some people in your family would get saved instead of being proud uh, rebellious liars and hypocrites who will burn in hell forever and you let them go to hell because you're trying to save face. Oh, you don't want anybody to think your family uh, have Judases or has Judases. You don't want anybody, you don't want anybody to think that there's some turmoil in your beautiful, wonderful, evangelical Christian family, you hypocrite. And oftentimes you're the problem. You're part of the problem. You're a big part of the problem yourself. Because you have a side piece. You're swinging with deacons and trustees in the church. You are on the down low. You, 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 you got uh, uh, some sugar in your tank. Oh, you have your wife there to cover up. And make people think you're on the up and up. That you're a real man. But you haven't had sex with her in four years. 
So she has a Bo Peep to take care of her sexual needs because she knows that you're turned on by ugly, stinking, bony, hairy men. And she's helping you to cover it up because you all got a million or two dollars, two millions coming in, two million dollars coming in every year. You lying hypocrite. And I, I know all about it. There's some things that I, I, I choose not to say and choose not to report. Because God has said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Vengeance is mine. I will repay. John, while he lived, did no real miracle. But Herod concludes that being risen from the dead, because he's paranoid, John didn't come back from the dead. But see, this, this ought to remind you that his words will haunt you. You mock my words, the words of a prophet will haunt you till the day you die. And so therefore, he might as well be alive. Because he had the testicular fortitude to tell you that you should not have your brother's wife, king, governor, whatever you are. Uh, it doesn't matter to me who you are. See, It doesn't matter to the prophet who you are. Because it doesn't matter to God. See, And God will give a prophet authority over you. Governor. See, that's what some governors and presidents and kings can't stand. See, and this is why most, uh, 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 this is why pastors don't need to be trying to tell, advising presidents and kings and everything. Because they they're not equipped to do so. You know where they become little sycophants and followers. And, and want to be accepted in love by the king and the president. No, no, no. A true prophet understands because God put it in him to understand that he is over the king, he is over the governor, he is over the president. Say, preacher, don't you want to run for office to try to save this nation? No. Absolutely not. That would be almost like stepping down into hell. As they, uh, uh, that's a, it's a huge demotion for me to do that. I have no interest in doing that. No preacher should have any interest in doing that. And all of you preachers, and I've told the great so-called evangelical leaders, I can care less who they think they are. I told them all, they ought to resign from politics completely. You have made a mess of things. Don't blame the homosexuals. Blame yourselves. Because you did not give yourself to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Like the Bible has told you to do. You think it's more important to politic and become a sycophant little preacher under uh, a president who controls you and bosses you and tells you what to do. 
You've made a mess of things. Don't ever do it again. Stay in your church and preach the gospel and preach the word of God. This country is in a mess because of you. You're not equipped for that. You don't know what you're doing. You could have saved this nation if you had told that president what to do. What God told you to tell him to do. If God told you to tell him. John, while he lived, did no miracle. But Herod concludes that being risen from the dead, he is clothed with a greater power than he had while he was living. And he very well calls the miracles he supposed him to work. Not his mighty works, but mighty works showing forth themselves in him. Mm -hmm. Herod, let me tell you something, the prophet of God, John the Baptist, shook up the governor and the governess. Oh, you say, well, she got, she got him. No, she didn't. Because God will make sure that the true prophet will remain in your head while you're trying to sleep at night, the last thing you will think about, the last somebody you will think about, Jezebel, is the prophet you're trying to kill. That's a fact. The last thing your husband, Ahab, Pastor Ahab, will think about is the prophet that you're both trying to kill, hoping to kill and hoping to put in jail. Hoping to stop somehow. Let's try to use his children against him. He really loves his children. Let me tell you something, devil. My wife tried to use my children against me. I'm, I'm a pro at this. Man. Woman. Oh, I know he loves those children. He raised those children by himself. Let's, 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 call, let's call his... Uh, uh, let's have his daughter to call... Uh, his wife's mother and sister and see if we can bring him to heal. Uh, let's, let's get his family involved. Uh, the little uh, so-called mentor that you assigned to his daughter. Let's see if we can bring him down. We hate him. We've been hating him for years. And so let's see if we can use his children to bring him down. Uh, his son is a Judas. Let's see if he'll betray his father in the ministry and try to hinder the technical aspect of the ministry and, uh, and, 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 and turn them against him. <clears throat> Dear friends, enemies, you don't know who you're dealing with. You better take heed to the word of God. Touch not mine anointed. 
and do my profits no harm. And remember, I'm over you. I have already predicted things that have impacted your life, and you know it. And you're trying to get rid of me or trying to get people close to me to come up with some trumped up demonic charges uh, to stop my mouth. First of all, that's dumb because I've been preaching every day for nearly seven years. You will never stop my mouth. Millions have heard me preach. And if you, I've already told you, you're trying to kill me or you're trying to take me out some kind of way. And you have been defeated already. And uh, I've already told the world that's what you're trying to do. And I have your names. I know who you are. And I've already revealed some of you before the people. So go ahead on. Keep on trying. What happened to <clears throat> uh, what happened with Herod and Herodias and John the Baptist is happening today, not only with me, but others. Even even one pastor I know. People hate him because he's as loving and as meek as he could be. And you and you some of you people hate him because he will first of all <clears throat> He's preaching the same thing in a far more loving way. And you can't stand, you can't stand him. Now, he used to be your friend. And he will not stand against me or rebuke me for telling you the truth. He's not going to. You want him to. <clears throat> you want him to put me in my place. And, and, and God has not led him to do that. And God is not going to lead him to do that. Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. If you do so, you're going to be just like John. You're going to be just like Herod. Your mind, your heart, your life is going to be messed up. And those of you that these people are trying to use, these mentors of yours, these homosexual loving uh, people of yours, these woke people, your pastor, your pastor's wife, uh, your grandmothers, your aunts, your cousins, who want me to stop preaching, whoever they are, your Thanksgiving partners, who are trying to put the heat on you, to turn against your own father. Don't take heed to them. You've been warned uh, very well down through the years of the Judas spirit. You've heard me preach on it. You've heard me talk about it in the home, in the family, for years. It was a major, th uh, major theme. And with all of that knowledge, you do that, bad things are going to happen to you in your life. So you need to tell your friends and if they're threatening to beat you up, threatening to kill you, then you need to tell the authorities. Because these woke devils will do so. They will take you somewhere and beat you up, threaten you, 
and some will kill you or they'll have somebody to kill you and be very careful of the Jamaican Mafia uh, I've been tipped that they want to kill me be very uh, careful and understand there is a Jamaican Mafia and your pastor might be a member of it and might know some people in it your family members might be in it and may know some people in it and they hate me uh, these people hate me so much they will try to either kill you because you won't do everything that you want they want you to do or you may do everything they want you to do <coughs> but you're not being successful see so be very careful be wise as serpents harmless as doves and uh, get in touch with God and get in touch with your father if you're under that kind of threat get in touch with the authorities so that you can live and not die and so dear friends with that preached and that said the people that are involved in such foolishness and the people who are not one thing for sure you need to get your soul saved if you're not saved if you were to die today where would you go heaven or hell if you don't know stick around if you know for sure you would go to hell stick around if you're saved already by the grace of God stick around and pray for others to get saved first dear friend I want you to understand that you are a sinner you have done evil in God's sight you're wicked and so am I we're all sinners so is the Pope so is the Dalai Lama so is Joel Osteen the pastor of the largest church in America believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved from the power of your sins and from the punishment of your sins in the burning hell always remember God says vengeance is mine I will repay also understand that the wages of sin is death We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Nobody is better than anybody else. And the wages of sin is death. That means that you're going to die because of your sin. Sin leads to death. You don't die because of the coronavirus plague. You don't die because of a car crash. You don't die because 
of cancer, you die because of sin, the cancer of sin, if you will. It will eat away at you until you die. And what God wants you to understand is that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful ball called earth, he will allow you to go to hell for eternity to suffer for your sins, to uh, experience eternal death. If you do not believe in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, no, that's not a threat. That's the reality. That, that these are the consequences, see. Someone wisely said one time, you can sin and do what you want to do. But you do not have any control of the consequences, my friend. You can't stop the consequences of your evil ways. Please remember that. It's not a threat. That's just the reality. That's what's going to happen. You can never accuse God of threatening you with hell. <coughs> You can never accuse God. You can never, you, nobody can accuse God in Jesus Christ of not doing everything they could possibly do to save you from destruction and eternal death in hell. God, I know some of my theological friends don't like for me to say it, but God in the flesh. Jesus Christ, 100% God, 100% man. God Almighty, Emmanuel, God with us. My dear friend, died for your sins that causes your death and your eternal death if you don't believe in Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus Christ. Now that's a fact. And God would have me to say it just like that. Because God loves you, but God does not play. Jesus loves you, but Jesus does not play. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Okay? God is not eager to destroy you. God is not eager to see you go to hell. In fact, the reason why we're here today, the only reason why we're here today is because God loves you. And God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But there is something called divine justice. God's holiness has to be recognized and respected. You understand? Okay? Uh, this is why Jesus died for your sins. You need to believe in him and receive him. <clears throat> and get saved by him. He is eager to do that. 
He's more eager than you are eager to get saved from hell. <clears throat> Man, woman, you can't accuse God of anything. You can't accuse Jesus Christ of anything. Never, never, never. And if I were you, I would never do that. Well, I thought God was so loving, he would never let me go to hell, even with my sin and the, all of the evil that I have done. Listen to me. He died for your sins. I would imagine he's sitting on the edge of his throne, pulling for you to believe in Jesus Christ, his son. He wants you to get saved more than you want to be saved. What are you talking about? God is loving. Jesus Christ said the most loving, most magnificent, and most important words ever said in the history of the world. <clears throat> when he said, for God, for God, for God, notice these first words, for God so loved, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now that's love for you. Listen to me. When God comes off his throne and wraps himself in flesh, lives in this wicked, evil world, in the dusty ground, and, and, and walk on these dusty streets, healing the sick, healing the blind, healing the deaf and the dumb, miraculously, walking on the water because he made the water, telling a storm, the winds in a storm to be quiet, and telling the waves to sit down. He said, peace be still, and the wind and the waves obeyed him. He went to the tomb of Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. A dead man was alive again and sat down and ate dinner with Jesus. He broke up funerals because he raised the dead in the middle of the funerals. He never sinned in word, thought, or deed. John the Baptist was a sinner. Mary, his mother, was a sinner, even though she was a virgin. When uh, he was conceived, she had never had sex with a man. Uh, Jesus was born of a virgin. He never sinned in word, thought, or deed. He did no wrong. He did all good, and yet they still killed him. They murdered him. You say, who's they? You and me. The Jews and the Romans. The white, the black, the red, and the yellow. Every last one of us killed Jesus because of our sins. He is the sacrificial lamb of God. The Passover. Not only for the Jews, but for everybody. Red, yellow, black, or white, we're all precious in his sight. 
in light of all of our wickedness and sin, here's the good news. Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sin. God in the flesh. Now that's love for you. That's love for you. You've never experienced, you've never heard of such love before. God who created you from nothing. came and redeemed you by dying on the cross for your sins and mine. And so, my dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou, you, shall be saved. Church membership will not save you. I have stated that 80% of the people in the church are lost and on their way to hell and that there are millions of church members in hell today who are in the church every Sunday. Church membership cannot save you. Your baptismal certificate cannot save you. Your baptismal certificate cannot save you. Being a preacher, being a deacon in the church can't save you. Giving money to the church can't save you. None of these things can save you. Only faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Humble faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not by works of righteousness that we have done, but by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in him. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pray and ask him to save you as you believe in your heart. The good news that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. If you don't mean it, don't pray this prayer. If you're not sincere, there's no need for you to pray this prayer or to believe. Don't do it if you're not sincere. Only do it if you are sincere and you really want to be saved from the power of your sin and the punishment of your sin in hell. Follow me in, in what is called the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I admit that I have sinned against you. I've done evil in your sight. Repeatedly. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my evil and wicked sins. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins. Was buried, 
and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Please change my life and help me to follow you in the newness of life. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you called upon his name to save you, then according to the word of God, you are now saved. Yes, it is as simple as that. It's not hard. Why would God make it hard for such wicked, evil, sinful, ignorant people as we are? He made it easy. You just need to be sincere when you do it. So if you were sincere in praying that prayer, and you were sincere in believing in your heart in Jesus Christ, according to the Word of God, the Holy Scriptures, you are now saved from hell, from the power of your sin, and you're on your way to heaven. And uh, uh, that's all by the grace of God. To help you grow in the faith immediately, go right now to Gospel Light Society Dot com. You can fix the computer to keep on hearing me and go straight to GospelLightSociety.com and uh, click on the book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. It is a free download. And that book will help you to grow in the faith and be the Christian that God wants you to be. Also, go to Google type in Gospel Light Society Podcasts or Daniel White III Podcasts and start listening to thousands of podcasts that deal with nearly 50 different biblical theological subjects uh, from a man who has been to Bible college uh, an accredited university as well as uh, one who has three master's degrees from an accredited seminary and is working on his doctorate. And so you will get the same education, I believe, yea, even better, because I give you more than my professors gave me. Here a little there a little. And uh, if you listen to these podcasts uh, on your way to work, in the morning, during your devotionals, on your way home, before you go to bed, you'll get a great Bible college education and seminary education, even though 
uh, we're not issuing issuing de degrees so do that also email us on the platform you're on or email me directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know that you got saved so that we can rejoice with you and so that we can uh, pray for you. If you have a prayer request, send that in as well. We pray for thousands of folks and have prayed for thousands of folks and we'll pray for you and be glad to do so until Jesus comes, until you, until we die, until you tell us to stop. <laughs>